reel today <laughs> that was a woman who was talking about dating, actually, no, being married to an older man. Oh. But the older man was like 20 years older than her. Oof. And um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, this might be a little too sensitive if I send this to him because he was like, never actually on camera and she would just kind of talk to him by yelling at him across the room and she would say hey um what was it that you just said and he was like i think it's uh time to get ready for bed and she was like and what time is it and he was like it's seven forty-five. yeah that sounds very much my- so since i noticed you're already recording <laughs> should we tell them how we just took 15 minutes of our time trying to figure out why the microphone didn't work because yeah i'm an old man and i missed the microphone button being turned off <laughs> i mean any of us could have noticed but i feel the most um responsibility here because i mean i feel like that's that's like a newbie mistake but it's also my computer so it that's could true. really go we could really go either way with that one so I, I'm going to let you tell everybody what we're doing tonight because everybody likes your voice better than mine. <laughs> so I think this is our fifth episode yeah. of Seventh Times a Charm. And uh, we have with us John's E-dub number two. As <laughs> he Not coined the term in, I think maybe the first episode where it was pretty early. you came up with that phrase, E-dub one, E-dub two, E-dub three. And if you didn't hear that first episode, you should go back and listen to it for sure. We also decided, oh, E-dub, just, just to give the cliff notes, is ex-wife. And then ex-husband is eh. <laughs> <laughs> so that. Rachel is E-dub number two, and she's here with her eh. Who <laughs> happens yeah. to be my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, this... This sounds super awkward, but I don't think it, it's not actually that bad. Yeah, it's different, that's for sure. Well, we're doing okay so far. We we have not killed each other, and we've actually, um, we're going to talk through what? What are we going to talk about? Yep, so we can kind of dissect um, John's second marriage to me um, and dissect what happened and what went wrong. Um Cliff notes, I guess. We can yeah, start by... We have a referee, Danielle, here, so if it does get heated, which it, it has the potential to do, even though I don't think it will. I mean, that's not my intention for... No, I don't think it's anybody's <laughs> no heated. intention. I'm not necessarily wanting to break up a fight tonight. <laughs> I've had a long day. Right. <laughs> I don't punches think... punches are being thrown. No, I don't think that we're in a place like that, but at, there was a time when we were, and we'll get to that, but... Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, um, well, I guess let's just start from the beginning. We met in England when I was over there in the military. I was uh, going through a divorce over there and um, met Rachel. At, was that a party, right? It was. It was, was a, a party of your... My best ex, friend. Your first wife's party. Well, she... Well, it was a... Friends. She wanted to go because it was supposed to be a big deal, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, we go there and this her and I... This is scandalous already. Well, it's not, <laughs> Were you married still, Jenny, when I you was met, still when you married, met but it was right at the very end. And she was, I'm pretty sure she was messing around with dudes at the party and yada, yada, yada. It was a mess. But was this party at your house? No, it was actually at my friend Tom's house. But it was Jenny's party. 
No, it wasn't her party. It was oh. Tom's party, but she wanted to go. I wasn't a big party oh, person. I see. And somehow, I think you ended up there because you knew her. Because of Sarah Haynes. So Sarah, Sarah Haynes was a really good friend of mine who was also friends with Jenny. I That's knew right. of Jenny because we went to the same school. There you go. Right. Jenny so is my E-dub one or ew one let's call it that that's because that's that's very accurate um so that was so we're going way back many years here this You're is right. about so how old were you two at the time of this party 22 oh, for me so that would have made me 24 25 25 so this yep. is literally uh 20 seven 22 years ago 22 years ago Good you Lord. were the ages that I and my first ex-husband were when we met each other. I was 21 and he was 25 when we met. Which, I mean, like, when I look back on that now, you know, considering that I got married for the first time when I was 23. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh, that was, I, like, way like too young to be married. Yeah. Way too young. So Absolutely. we met at the party and uh, we, I guess we got a little inappropriate, but I, like I said, I was already going through the divorce. I think I, I, you, I think you had decided to in your head, none, well, nothing had happened. Yeah. I, I hadn't actually filed or whatever. So right. um, we're going to run through what happened real fast because um, <laughs> we could be here for we could 30 here minutes for, just on that. <laughs> Just for everybody in the world, we have quite a history, and um, it goes back a lot of years. And um, so she and I meet. Uh, I end up going through the divorce, and, she, and, and Rachel and I start dating. Um, my EW one decides to make our lives a living hell, and tries to get me in trouble with the military. Uh, all kinds of stuff like that, um, mm -hmm. spying on us and, and stuff. So we basically had to be very careful when we were dating because she was trying to accuse me of all kinds of things. And then the government wanted to turn it into an international incident because we were in England and anything that happens between a service member and a local can become an international incident. And she lied about me, yada, yada, yada. And it was a huge mess. It was a huge mess because then she tried to accuse me of like domestic violence and things like that. <clears throat> even though nothing like that ever happened other than her pulling a knife on me but you know I guess we don't have to um, yeah we don't have to worry about that anymore so we dated for a year and a half before we came to the states yeah you came over in November 2002 yeah I got orders to Vegas yep and she followed along as she legally immigrated to the United States came uh, on a fiance visa mm-hmm and uh, I came across with, like, that's how you proposed to me. You were like, well, you want to get married then? <laughs> as romantic as John is. I'm a is. super romantic guy. He really is, yeah. yeah, in the living room. Because it was literally like, I can come over on medical on my job. But he was just like, well, you want to just go ahead and get married well, then? Well, the medical thing, it would they could have just put you where they wanted you. Mm -hmm. Like, you could have ended up in New York and I'm in Vegas. Right. Yeah, and so, I didn't want to have the hassle of having to get another yeah. job, another thing to keep me in the country. So we decided to. So she came over after a little while. It took a little while because we did everything legally and we had to go through all this stuff. And our paperwork got held up. We ended up having to get a um, congressional member involved in our case because mm -hmm. they lost our paperwork. Yep. Um, eventually, we... <laughs> 
funny story, we did a wedding ceremony in Minnesota and then we ran across the border to South Dakota and got married in the, it was in the dark, in the winter, in uh-huh. Minnesota. Freezing. Well, on the border of Minnesota and South Dakota, it was freezing cold. We jumped out of the car. They remarried us and said, do you, do you? Yes, yes. Okay, get back in the car. It's warm. <laughs> and yep. that's uh, that's how we I... had to avoid like the drug test, you know, the, to do everything in a hurry. Right. Because his dad had, well, the right. non-biological father mm-hmm. had passed away like seven days before that. So in order for family to be there because of the military and all the other stuff, we had to do as quick as possible. In South Dakota, you can get married super quick. And in Minnesota, it takes a big hassle. You have to do drug tests and, and all this Blood other stuff. Blood work and all that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. So we literally we got a South Dakota marriage license because it was super easy. And so even though we did the ceremony in Minnesota, we had to legally get married in South Dakota. Well, luckily, the town I'm from is on the border. So we literally just did it in, in the... In, was, we went to... We had the church. Yeah, we had... So a, we did like the unofficial yeah ceremony so people could be there and then everybody like wagon train down to the border and we literally (laughs) got out of the car we jumped out of the car and the the pastor said do you do you yep yep and then we were married yep and uh so um we we end up in vegas um everything was fine uh we were both pretty successful i finished out my military thing and became a cop out there and then uh yep for north town north las vegas and put you through the academy yeah um unexpectedly got pregnant yeah so i was in the academy and you were pregnant as i was getting out of the military and becoming a police officer you got pregnant um totally unplanned mm-hmm. even though we were being careful we didn't realize certain medications can mitigate birth control so uh we ended up having our daughter while i was still in the academy Yep. And then, um, what was it, two years later, you decided that, that, okay, so this is a point (laughs) of contention in our relationship. Um, This is where the, this is where the the seas get a little rough because (laughs) you said, I'm either going to have no kids or two kids. And I said, well, we already have one. I'm good. And you said, no, it's either none or two and we already have one. So... Yeah, so you literally abstained from me for six months. No sex. I mean, I mean, yeah, and I mean, really, like, this is John Thomason we're talking about here. And he literally did not come near me. Wow. I don't know whether he had to think about grandmas and whatever it was that, whatever, I don't know. But, or porn was your friend, maybe. I don't know what it was, but he didn't come near me for six months. I was literally at the end of my rope, but still crazy about my husband obviously didn't even think about going elsewhere that was my whole thing was I wanted a second child and he knew this and he didn't trust me to take my birth control none of that so I bring home a 1.75 bottle of Long Island iced tea and proceed to get John hammered (laughs) sex one time and three weeks later I have a positive pregnancy test and I'm expecting Ryan so that's how Ryan was created a night that of makes a lot of sense. Getting John drunk. <laughs> yep, that is the only way to have a second child out of that. So yeah, and I'm not proud of it, but I'm I'm so glad I have Ryan. Like oh, I can't imagine 
just having one child. So. I wouldn't change it for the world. You wouldn't. It just... And then you had another kid after that. Oh, well, so even, uh, <laughs> I have a way of... Apparently, I have a way of letting women talk me into having kids. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying there's a chance? Oh, not anymore. <laughs> I am entirely too old. <laughs> you guys this more? is actually becoming a joke. It's it's a joke, really. I don't really want to have a baby at 44 years old. But my biological clock is ticking. And, like, you know, my ovaries, when we are, like, in Walmart and we go past the diapers and the cute baby clothes, I'm like, ooh, ooh. Whereas me and John want to throw up and... Yeah, yeah I, I, he's like pulling me away from the baby. So <laughs> right. don't look at it. Now he knows not to n- not even let me near it. But um, just a few days ago, Ryan, your son, yeah. he was like randomly, "Hey, so are you guys gonna have kids or what?" And I'm like, "What the heck?" <laughs> what? Like he just comes up with the most um, direct, blunt questions in the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the middle of nowhere, it seems. Yeah, he's definitely my son. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's an interesting question because I've been trying to convince your dad. You really to want have to do that baby. again? No. No. Like two thirty in the morning, like they no. scream their heads off for hours. No, I really don't no. want to do that again. <laughs> but but my biology wants to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, I would be having some serious conversations with my biological clock if that was the case. Like, well, the good news is. Uh, it would mm-hmm. take some It would take a lot more than happen. just a bottle of wine. Well, yeah, you, you'll see. cut, right? Yeah. You I've, eventually I've had, got the vasectomy. I, I did get a, the big V, and uh, now I I am, uh, what's well, the Well, anything's word? possible. Un- you can always it. reverse it. Yeah, absolutely not. I cannot. <laughs> they told me when they did mine that it was absolutely impossible to get it reversed, and uh, no, I, I'm a medical wonder, and uh, I cannot do it. It is impossible. <laughs> So keep telling yourself. Uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. We had our two kids two years right. apart, and then um, so let's see. And they are now we, eighteen and sixteen. We talked a lot about um, your pregnancy with Jamie, and initially thinking that you wanted to have an abortion, but then deciding that you're not having an abortion mm-hmm. in episode yeah. two. Yeah, we did talk about that. I don't remember yep. two or three. Well, that episode was was our intention was to, to talk about politics, but we talked a lot about abortion mm-hmm. in that episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, and that was a real thing because it was either zero or two, and at that point we were double income, making a really good living, uh-huh. um, just kind of living it up in Vegas, and we initially were like, nah this ain't going to happen because our lifestyle is not conducive to kids right now. And we were happy not having kids. That was our plan. No kids. Yeah. And then, um, we're both okay with that. Things changed once we saw the, uh, ultrasound and, uh, Mm -hmm. drastically. And I'm super glad. And there are actually programs out there that they, they provide ultrasounds for people thinking about it to, you know, make it maybe a little more real. And that absolutely happened for us. I know. Yep. Yep, for both of so us. So let's see, sure. they were born in 05 and 07, and what happened was we needed more room in our house. And like I said, we're making a good living. We have two kids. She's still making a good living. And then we bought a, a, a second house that to, to live in, mm-hmm. and we rented out our first house, and 2008 happened. Right, and the house that we chose to buy was way too much house we did not need that big of a house but that was just the culture i guess back then in vegas like everything was exploding everything Mm -hmm. was the housing market was insane and they even remember they sold it to us like that house was worth six hundred and forty thousand, but they were giving us like ninety thousand dollars off 
So we ended up buying that house for 525000 which is insane now when yeah. I think about it. Not to mention we had the second house, which I was always fine with the second house. It was a nice little place, had a pool and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, we rented out to your friend, and she ends up dying in it. Yeah. And was, is... what we didn't realize is she was a hoarder. Yeah, and destroyed and they the trashed house. the house. Trashed the house, so we couldn't sell it. We were stuck in a mortgage that we couldn't afford, and basically everything fell apart. And it caused. And I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. It caused me to have a lot of um, animosity towards you, because I never necessarily wanted to move. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make the first house work and just continue to have you know make a good living and everything. So. I don't know that at the time I communicated that well, so you took my distance as personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't communicate that at all, that there was any animosity. Like, actually, when I look back at, like, how this all broke down, um, I would said, prior to you just even saying that, was that we actually made it through the bankruptcy without any problems at all. Like, there was no arguments, there was no fighting. I stayed home for six months, um... So there was nothing to do with um, any arguing or anything like that during the bankruptcy. Like, we made it all the way through all of that. We'd moved, we'd rented another house for over a year after that before we even divorced. Like, because Tom lived with us for a little bit. Yeah, but I still had a lot of animosity because we had lost, you know, our cars and motorcycles and two houses. Mm -hmm. And it just... It was over a million dollars worth of stuff that we lost, and it just it, it hit me hard, and it and it continued to for a long time, and it just never I just never could kind of get over it, I guess. But like I said, that's my fault for not not uh, voicing, hey, this is what's actually bothering me, and eventually it just grew and grew, I think, and then what ended up happening is I didn't communicate to you what I was actually upset about, and you took that as I didn't. You didn't want to be in the marriage anymore. Right. So you made some decisions. um, Yeah. That were not conducive to marriage. Let's put it that way. Um, No, no, we can can talk about it if you want. Well, I'm not going to tell your story. No, I mean, you know, I I was unfaithful and um, a couple of times um, of which that there's no bigger regret that I can possibly have um, than that. Um, So, yeah, I, I... but we were not connected at all. Like, there was basically zero communication. It was a lot like we were roommates at that point. Yeah, yeah. There was no communication. Like, that whole thing, like, if there's nothing else that gets out of this podcast, is that you just can't stop communicating with your partner. That is yeah. the biggest breakdown. I think that's a really common thing that people experience, too, after they have kids, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, both parents working, and, like, you're kind of, like, ships passing in the night I think is the phrase where mm-hmm. you're doing your thing he's doing his thing you're just raising kids and getting through it yep and working opposite shifts too because you were working nights mm-hmm. and it didn't help that your partner was freaking he brings home this blonde bombshell <laughs> as far as for a partner and he's not coming anywhere near me and I'm like yeah, a little bit threatened just a little bit oh so, you still to this day don't believe that I, I don't because you and get well. <laughs> but I didn't you would have if you'd have had the opportunity no. Yeah, you you even admitted to it. I was. You uh, did too. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have done that to me. Okay. But if you were single, you would have. Okay. Yeah. Probably. But my whole thing is, she and I were never single at the same time. So, right. I, neither one of us wanted to be a homewrecker. So we didn't do that. Right. Um, 
I've seen a picture of the person you're talking about. Yeah. And I thought... Maybe it was just a different... Maybe it was just like the persona kind of the situation. I don't know. Because I don't really remember face-wise. I just remember like the cop outfit, blonde hair, mm-hmm. and boobs. That's basically all I remember. <laughs> that's I don't that's specifically basically. remember boobs. I just remember like a petite blonde female. And I was like... Oh, and we went to a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And he was like flirt on flirt with this chick. And we were we rode in the same car every day. We were like best friends. Yeah, I was significantly threatened, significantly. So I was feeling pretty crappy about myself. And I'm not excusing my behavior at all. I mean, looking um, back, we were not in a good place. But you know, there you go, <clears throat> communication again. Mm-hmm. And and then not believing me when I said no, I'm not. But <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it's understandable that you felt that way now, looking back and being a little more grown up and understanding, hey, look, I made my wife feel like shit at the time because I did have this attractive partner and, you know, it, it probably did look like flirting, even though for her and I, we were just friends. And Spam. Let me quiet my phone. Um, yeah. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. But anyway, yeah, I can understand how it would look bad at the time. Um, yeah. So... Uh, we actually got through our divorce pretty well unscathed. We didn't mm-hmm. hate on each other or anything like that. It was just like, well, I think this whole thing is done. And yeah. we went our separate ways. And even though we stayed pretty friendly through it, I I, I wasn't happy about it. I didn't. But I have a hard, fast rule. Like, it, if there's infidelity, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Period. End of sentence. Like, I don't... So, yeah. uh, did, there was zero did, did Edith number three know about this hard and fast rule? Yeah, she was yeah. quite aware. She apparently she still didn't. hasn't admitted to it. <laughs> right, that's why she still hasn't admitted yeah, maybe. to yeah, because she well, that, and she's too proud to well, even admit the fact that she's done anything she's wrong. Okay, lots of other words we can come up with. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of you know just connecting dots. Really, like, oh yeah. No wonder she's never been honest with you because she knows how big of a violation. Like, that's a violation to anyone. But, like, when you are very clear, that's a hard and fast. If there's any infidelity, this is done. Yeah. 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 And there was no forgiveness. I asked for it. We went to therapy, um, which therapy was pretty useless. Um, And I asked for forgiveness for six months. We slept in separate rooms. Um, I slept in my daughter's bed. Um, and I tried for six months, and then it got just got to the point of... Wow, I had forgotten that. Yep, yeah, we tried for the kids, and also, like, I wasn't ready. Like, even though I'd fucked, I'd screwed, I'd screwed up, I wasn't ready. I wanted to keep working on us. And um, because I still, I was still very much in the marriage, it was just like I was feeling neglected and no attention and whatever else, other excuse you want to come out with. Um, but that's what I was missing from that. It wasn't like I wanted to leave the marriage. I just needed something that I wasn't getting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't worth it at all. And so, yeah, so we slept in separate bedrooms and we tried therapy. And it then one day we ended up well, the therapist, up one more time and it was like the emptiest experience ever. And the therapist even said, like, I think at some point he just... <laughs> he was just like he was yeah. just like you guys just need to be yeah you guys just need a divorce yeah <laughs> yeah that actually they basically stick a fork in it you guys are done yeah. and I I don't know that it's not because we hated each other it's not because it was a big fight and we just kind of didn't want to 
be together anymore, I think is what happened. So we get through the divorce and we we stay fairly good friends. And, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't super close, but we also didn't hate, hate each other. We worked together, you know, to take care of the kids and do what we had to do there. And we you moved to an apartment, I moved to a house. And mm-hmm. um, I, unfortunately, started dating... Edub three fairly quickly after we split, so that didn't help your feelings about the whole situation. Where you <clears> thought, "Oh, well, he knew her before." Mm-hmm. I didn't, but again, I can see how it looked because I worked with her, kind of. And yeah, she worked with the dis- dispatch. Yeah, she worked as a dispatcher. She heard I was going through divorce, and then she moved in. She moved in for the kill. Yeah, <laughs> like the next weekend after I move out. So. I'm, you know, lonesome and, you know, we'd had this, you know, a lot, a lot of time, whatever. She, she basically Captain save hoed me <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I, I thought she was a decent person and I wanted to do the right thing. So I introduced you guys <laughs> because I thought that's what you do in a divorce is, you know, let's, you know, cause I didn't want your kids to be around somebody you didn't know. And I thought I was doing the right thing, but that backfired. Yeah, it was like the most awkward situation ever. Um, and it was just the persona of her. Um, I didn't get a good feeling about her immediately. Um, I don't know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I was absolutely right. So well, she's she a, was everyone that I've talked to that knew you at that time has said the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person that didn't get it. Yep. Um, Yep. So not very long. Well, you, you kind of dated some people or whatever. I don't really know what you went through then. <laughs> it was another Jeremy, actually. Oh what is it with God. me and Jeremy? Yeah, That's like the third Jeremy lately. Yeah, and he was our. He was both of our friends. <clears throat> yeah, did date. Yeah, past yeah. tense. And that you dated him for a little bit, and then you met the fireman. Yes, that disaster. So what happened there? Oh my gosh! Well, that was four years of my life that I will never get back. Um, but you know, he, he was hot. He had a great job. He made a good living. Um, he promised me the world. Um, I moved out to Utah. Well, actually prior to that, I, uh, the only way that either of us could move out of state was if we had the other person's approval. And so I asked John if he would allow me to move out to Utah, um, which is about a two hour drive from where we were currently living in North Las Vegas. So um, after some discussions and a lot of hell no and F you and blah, blah, blah from John, he did agree. Well, I agreed on, <clears throat> on, on what I on the condition that we reattack it. And then oh, oh that's right. when I, I say about that. when I say reattack, I mean, like I couldn't I couldn't um, work with the schedule. Sorry. That, uh, yeah, you just had a realization. I, I couldn't did. work with the, the schedule that we had, so I kind of had to agree to it because of how my schedule worked. And I said, look, I, I, I'm going to be okay with it for this school year, but at the end of the school year, I want to re-address this because I'm not comfortable with it and, you know, whatever that looks like. And I signed like the back of a piece of paper. Yeah. That and it was ridiculous in the court. So then you took me to court. Yeah, because um, well, it, 
you know, for, for a few different reasons, but one of them was like, you refused to pay for Ryan's preschool. Um, even though it was like 50 bucks a month, but it literally got to that, you were that mad at everything that um, you wouldn't pay anything. And of course, then I had ears in my, um, I had like people talking in my ear about um, that I could get child support and that kind of thing. So we go from being this completely co-parenting on good friends, good basis to I'm taking John to court. And of course, I'm full on in defense mode here and also having medical problems at the time. Right. Major medical problems that were pushing me towards having to retire medically. Which I didn't know about until it was like right. really late on. So I'm fighting battles on multiple fronts and she manages to convince the court that the per- that I had agreed to let them move permanently. Well, it was because they had already established. So the problem is when you've already established kids in a school in another state, the judge is not going to order them to come back. And so that's kind of where you got screwed on that one. Yeah. And then, so I did everything I could to be in my kids' lives, or our, let's say our kids' lives. I did everything I could. I tried doing the right thing. I tried to, you know, be there as much as I could. I literally drove four, two hours there for a 15-minute, like, song one time and then turned around and drove back to Vegas. Yep. Like, that's the, that's how hard I tried. And I was like... Look, I, I'm still maintaining custody even though I, there we're two hours apart. I'm doing everything I can. I'm jumping through hoops. I'm this, I'm that, the next thing. And the court was like, nope, there is no possible way you could be having joint custody. I'm like, look, I got all these days written down that I've had my kids and doing everything I can to do the right thing. And they were just, the, the court basically told me to shut up and color mm-hmm. and pay almost $1,500 a month in child support. And... Yeah, that judge did not like you. No, that judge did not, absolutely did not like me. And that's the thing with the court system. They really do favor the mom and not fair at all to the dad, which, of course, worked in my favor. Even though you're trying to get blood out of a stone, it's not going to happen. So they can garnish all day long, which, but that takes time, right? So I didn't luck out with anything. Maybe a few months worth of child support, but the amount of money of of attorney's fees, what's that? It was a better part of a year. Uh, before maybe. I retired. So then I go and I I go to retire. So I go to retire and I go to court and I'm like, hey, look, I and at this point I had my third kid on the way with my third wife. And I am like, hey, I got a kid on the way. I'm medically retiring. I'm going to lose most of my income. So hey, I need help here. And the court basically told me to go fuck myself, and I they accused me of only retiring so I could stop paying child support. And we're going to talk about this more on our next interview with the the father's rights advocate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go too far into the weeds on this, but the court completely screwed me over. So I ended up finding a, I ended up medically retiring, losing most of my income, like I, I knew was going to happen, and then. Um, I had the court gave me 30 days to figure it out or they were going to put me in jail over this. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And she would not take her foot off my throat. So I am completely screwed here unless I can move to Utah. So I found a realtor that sold my house at a half a point. They lost money selling my house for me. 
so I could get out of Vegas. And I, I got out of Vegas in like three and a half weeks. And I was like a week away from going to jail over this whole thing. And she, when I moved to I Utah... I had no idea about the jail thing. Yeah, they told me they were going to put me in jail. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that, though. So, <clears throat> but at that point, it was actually honestly out of my hands. When you've already gone down that road, you can't back up on that. Yeah. So I moved to Utah, and now I can have the kids a week on, week off. And, and you, right. you forget. So much better. It was so much better, but I hated Utah. So anyway, what happened between us? Hey, I just want to reiterate the point that you really hated Utah. Hated Utah. Hated it. Hated it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved Utah. Other than the relationship, the crappy fire guy that can burn in 10,000 deaths. But other than <laughs> that, that situation... <laughs> So ironic. Yeah. Sorry, what? <laughs> so ironic. You're wishing a fiery death on a firefighter. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah go figure. Um, oh, that's probably a little. Yeah, sorry. Um, I didn't get the irony on that one. Um, so, yeah, other than that whole situation, I actually loved Utah. I love the outside. The the mm-hmm. the state itself is beautiful. I love being outside doing camping and stuff. But people can, yeah, other than my friends in utah they were my close friends were great i don't think john had any friends in utah i had a couple but it was eh. yeah it was i like i still am friends with a couple people out there but for the most part it was not so what did this all cause between us we went from a really workable co-parenting relationship to absolutely hating each other we couldn't even be in the same room together couldn't we couldn't talk on the phone together we couldn't we well that and your b-dub E-dub, E-dub. E-dub, sorry. E-dub 3 made it that all the communication had to go through her. So I was not allowed to talk to John. I could not text him. I couldn't call him. Because she made out, like, John couldn't do anything. Like, John was confused. John couldn't remember well, anything. Well, and, and that's not necessarily untrue because I did have a really rough time after my retirement with all the medical stuff and, and that causing some mental issues and things like that. But all that... All of those things, all they managed to do is take this good relationship that we had for the kids and turn it into a complete shit show right. where we couldn't even talk to each other. So we, what episode did we talk about co-parenting and parallel parenting? And uh, That was three. So episode three. In episode three, when we talked about that with Amy, mm-hmm. that it, it became very much a parallel parenting situation where... When they're with you, they're your problem. When they're with me, they're my problem. And, right. and you know, we have pretty well the same <laughs> values, so we weren't doing too much, you know, you weren't doing too many things that I disagreed with. You, I wasn't doing too many things that you disagreed with. But then um, we still couldn't communicate because every yeah. time we try to talk to each other, it'd end up in a screaming match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. anybody that knew us, three, four years ago would never have thought that we'd be in the same room talking to each other. No, and neither, I wouldn't have even said that. I wouldn't no. have said that we were ever going to be able to reconcile anything because I, the pure hate that you had for me for everything I put you through with the kids, which is totally valid because I even forgot about that freaking six-month agreement that I gave you that we were going to rethink about where the kids were going to live for the next yeah. school year. Like that alone, like if you'd have reversed that, I don't know whether, you know, I have a hard time forgiving people too. So, um, but we were able to, but yeah, completely surprised there because we so, could not talk to each other. No, we couldn't talk to each other. And that went on for 10 years. Well, and, and not, a, yeah, 10 years. And, and in that time you broke up with the fireman mm-hmm. and had to get out of Utah for personal reasons. So we ended up moving to another state 
together, really. Yeah, well, you're like, you want to move to Washington, Missouri? I'm like, what? Where is Washington, Missouri? And so you <laughs> paid for my flight because I had no money because all my money had gone to the firefighter for everything. Um, and so I had zero money in my bank account. I had no idea actually how I was going to pay for gas. And so John paid for my flight and he paid for my hotel. Albeit I paid him back, but still. He was just like, let me pay, go there for a few days, check out the area, see if you like it. So I did. I stayed at the Super 8 right here in little ghettoville, but it was, um, it was good. And we still were not on speaking terms, even at that yep. point. Oh, well, well, and you had Justin. Justin convinced me also. So Justin was a friend of yours in the military, mm-hmm. hence why he wanted to move out here in the first place. Um, and he showed me around. And so he showed me, like, the Washington Bridge, and I love the river and the water and stuff, so I didn't need very much convincing. I mean, basically, I could have moved anywhere at that point. Hmm. I just so, needed to get out of Utah. It's a pretty good place to live here. Oh, yeah. The schools yeah, are fantastic. Well, we... I think we were looking for a more, well, we had to get you out of your Utah situation, even though yeah. I didn't care. At the, I'm just going to be honest. At that point, I didn't care what happened to you. Right. And and uh, You just couldn't move without me. I just couldn't move without you. So I didn't want to be in Utah. I didn't want to be in Vegas. I didn't. I don't want to raise kids in either of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our son was being bullied in Utah because he wasn't Mormon. Um, yeah, and it was just not it, to me. It was just wasn't a good place to raise kids, and I wanted to go back to the Midwest because I'm from Minnesota, but I didn't want to go back to the winters. So <laughs> Missouri seemed like a good compromise, and then, like you said, Justin lived here, and you know, I came out here and I loved it, and I thought, hey, I think I can probably convince her to go to this place. Mm-hmm. Well, that almost backfired, but. What? Because you tried to go back to Utah. Oh, well, yeah, for a short, yeah, well, not for a short time. It was actually quite a long time that, um, that was one of the reasons why I had to get out of Utah, because I know if I'd have stayed in Utah, I would have gone back into that bad relationship, and that relationship was toxic. It was physically and emotionally abusive, and, um, like, he fired a BB gun at Ryan, at my darling son. That should have been the time that I left. Um, and I had but no idea. Unfortunately, I still stayed. On. Yeah, but he, when you fire a BB gun at your son, that should be a little warning sign, like you don't want to stay here. Yeah. But it took him actually throwing me from one side of the kitchen to the other before I'd had enough. Um, and then I knew I had to get out of that abusive relationship. And so if I wasn't going to move into Utah, he's very manipulative, very very good talker. And so I knew I would go back. And he even tried for what three years, I think, from the time it I moved out here. Yeah, on and off. Because I knew at one point you were thinking about going back because the kids were coming to me and they were saying mom's talking to Chris again and were worried that she might be trying to go back. And yeah, it was three years. they were like seeing messages between you guys and stuff that you didn't realize that they were seeing. And, uh-huh. and they were coming to me. And well, at that point, you and I still weren't on speaking terms. And I didn't really know how to approach that other than to be pissed at you because that was kind of my normal at that point. And I'm like... <laughs> don't you freaking dare move back to Utah and you're like what are you even talking about and here's something that you don't know <laughs> so you went to Utah it's always so fun when the things that someone doesn't know come out while we're recording right <laughs> so you apparently didn't have the kids we were doing week on week off and right. I guess you flew out to Utah yep what you didn't realize is that somehow I could see your location on the find my iPhone 
Yeah. So I knew what you were up to. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, this, 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 uh, I know. yeah, she's yeah. in freaking Utah and I knew where he lived. So I could see that she was at his house. So I actually had a friend that That's was in. That's how that happened. Okay. Cause I know that you know that I was there. Yeah. I, for some, somehow, I don't know how I got access to it, but it was on the find my iPhone and I have no idea. It was like for some that's so weird yeah and right. i wasn't trying to look it up or anything like that and because it was not every weekend it wasn't like i was doing it i just picked that weekend to go back to utah so yeah. i mean obviously to spend time with so that got me all pissed off like she really is trying to go back there and i'm not gonna let my kids go back into that situation so that you know fighting and mm-hmm. we ended up in the elementary school parking lot meeting up like like um like in the movies where the gangsters meet up in a neutral location <laughs> and we end up screaming at each other in the parking lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like, and then your other, your other way of doing it was, uh, you had the kids on the couch. I remember this and Jamie was crying and that was, that was the time when I'm like, okay, I cannot do this anymore. Jamie was begging me not to talk to Chris anymore. And that was the only time that I'd gone in your house when you were there with trash. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, dip, e dub. No, you can call her trash. Okay, good. Yeah, because no, she, she is <laughs> it's a code name. It's, it's not, appropriate. It's not very discreet. It's, well, it's not just a code name. It's also a description. It's a description. Yeah. 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 So absolutely. So um, yeah. So they begged and everything, and so then anyway, eventually I stopped talking to that one. So I guess what what we're saying here is we we and things went really well, and then they went to shit because of communication. Yep. We get divorced. Bad decisions. Bad, bad decisions on both sides. Like I'm not, I'm not innocent in this stuff either. Had I been more communicative, that's a decision that I made on my own was to not approach these subjects. I guess because I, I honestly don't know why I didn't. Um, but then we get divorced and and things are still okay. Mm-hmm. But they quickly went to shit because outside influences. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. uh, and, and it very much turned into what we talked about before we started recording is it, is it the parallel parenting took over from an actual co-parenting situation? Cause we, I think co-parenting was going well It was until we hated each other and then we had no choice but to parallel parent. Mm-hmm. Right. And Once the courts took over. Honestly, I, I, you know, everybody says, oh, you have to co-parent parallel parenting is an option and I think for us our kids are great and I don't think it really caused them much issue Mm -hmm. I think we did okay at the parallel parenting because I think the key to that is having similar values Mm -hmm. yeah it was very much like we had similar values and so we instilled that on the kids you know the good work ethic and keeping grades up in school like you hammered the kids on grades which was a good thing because they needed that because I was a little bit more lax so it also helps that you're a little bit of a firmer parent than I am but the end of the day we have pretty equal as far as moral and um our core values are the same yeah so I think that's the key to the the whether you parallel parallel or Mm -hmm. yeah because I don't think you have to get along with the other person to to be parents in certain situations and then so then we get through all that and we still hate each other and then uh i am end up going through a divorce with ew3 trash 
and uh, yep. flaming pile of trash. Flaming, flaming, flaming. Yes, just like the, one of the worst dump, dumpster fire. Hang on one second. Oh, yeah, how about now? Now it's oh, working. There we go. Ooh, oh, oh yeah. I had to unpause it. I'm okay, basically yeah. a genius when it comes to technology. <laughs> Right, yeah, finding the two for button. two and everything. Yeah, I so okay. Um, speak of the speak of the children, they they shall appear. So um, <laughs> the oldest just walked through the door, and I'm actually at Rachel's house. And how did that happen? Well, which part? The house. Uh, how how am I here in right. your house, and we're not throwing <laughs> punches at each other? <laughs> I know, considering like any time we talked on the phone, it was disastrous. Um, it was literally, I was screaming. Like, I wasn't listening to you at all. I was screaming into my phone. That's how bad it was. I know, and I actually threw my phone. One of our arguments, so I was out in the backyard, and I actually, like, I was that mad at you. I threw my phone. <laughs> so how did we go from that to talking on a podcast and laughing about it? Um, well, so um, the kids actually told me that you guys were getting divorced. Um, you and Edub 3. Um Trash. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so they actually told me, and I'm like, what? And um, and so it was literally, I believe, either the same day or the next day. Um, and I was like, well, because uh, I, I won't have Trashly to uh, talk to as far as communicating with the kids because everything still had gone all through her. And um, and so I just reached out, and they said, I'm sorry to hear about the divorce. Um, something along the lines of, I mean, this was all via text message. Because there was no way that we were actually going to call was, each other on the phone. Yeah, I was living in my camper. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on. Only that I said, hey, you know, I'm sorry to hear about the divorce. Um, can we, I don't know if I said co-parent or can we figure out this parenting thing now that the Trashley thing is going to be done with. Um, you know, we needed to do something different. Something along those lines. Well, I think you just came out and said, can we talk? Is more or less mm -hmm. what you did. I don't even, you know, you may have had that whole parenting thing in your head, but you basically said, hey, can we... Or I'm here if you need anything or yeah, something like and, that. Yeah, and you just kind of reached out, and, and I, I was, at the time, I was ready for that. I, I needed, you know, it, the thing is, we do have a lot of history. Mm -hmm. Even though a lot of that history includes hating each other, we still do have a lot of history. So you and I know know each other. We do know each other. Right, we were married together for just shy of 10 years. Right, so... At that point, um, the people I leaned on were both of you in this room and and uh, and the kids. And I was ready for that conversation, I think, at that point. And I, I don't know. I, I didn't push back. I, I was, you know, more than willing to have that conversation. And yeah, yeah, and it went on like there was no suddenly it just changed. Like we were not arguing. There was no more anger. Well, I'm going to tell you why. I, I, I'm going to tell you why I felt better about it because you fell on your sword and you said I'm sorry mm -hmm. and you were honest with me and that's all I ever ask out of anybody mm -hmm. is honesty and I felt like I was ready to give that back to you the honesty and the, the, the willing to make those you know to unburn those bridges you know to build them back and to actually have a reasonable relationship with you yeah, because I'd already forgiven like all the back child support, all that stuff. That happened when I moved to Missouri. So all of that was already gone, but that wasn't enough to repair. We still could not get along until the divorce. <clears throat> until Trashley. Yeah. Until you had to deal with all of that mess. Yeah. And, and talk you off the ledge. Uh, yeah. A few times. For real. Right. Uh, anyway, I, 
I think that that's it. Just took me swallowing my pride, and both of us really, mm-hmm. we we did have to. And the thing is, we could have continued that fighting and everything else, but at the end of the day, like I said, there's a lot between us. There's a lot of history, and and I'd much rather be your friend than screaming at you. And oh, it's so much better this. It way. is better this way. <laughs> it's better for the kids too. It is, and th- I think they're much happier with the situation and. You know, you you went through some issues after my divorce of your own, and I I feel like I've tried to be there for you going through your issues as well. Mm -hmm. And you have for sure. Yeah, and and even Danielle. You know, Mm -hmm. you guys are pretty pretty good friends now too, and Mm -hmm. that's great for me. You know that you guys get along. Well, I mean, not you know, but she's ten thousand times. (laughs) improvement from you know but she's just I'm a not a person. pile of trash is no that exactly yeah no we want to keep you around you're a good one um the other one can go to hell but um yeah no the uh no there's a significant difference but it's also that i think we are way more mature we're in a different place and i guess the bottom line is it's best if you can get along with your other person that you were married to that's obviously the ideal it doesn't always work out that way but it's so much better now that we do. Well, you have a little bit of the experience in this too, Danielle, with your own, eh, too. Mm-hmm. And you didn't always get along, at the, especially at the beginning part of your divorce. Yeah. It was yeah. rough there for a while, right? Yeah, it was pretty challenging in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some sometimes it still is challenging. There was just a moment over the weekend where I, I was pretty angry on the phone um, and you know, John said, well, "I'm I'm actually really glad that you stood up for yourself." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I may have been able to handle that a little more calmly, but I did not." Um, but you know, um, I always think about like my own experience of being of being a child of divorced parents and how. They couldn't be in the same room. They always argued. Like, they, I think maybe when my grandma passed away when I was 16, they were able to both be at the funeral home together without it being terrible for everyone else around them. And the only other time I remember after that, um, and keep in mind, like, this is just, you know, from my own memory, could be different in reality, but they were both at my wedding when I was, uh, I think I was 23 when I got married that first time. Um, I mean, it like I was surprised that they actually got along well enough to both attend my wedding. Right. <clears throat> and they divorced when I was or separated when I was eight. So that was my entire life, really, growing up with two parents that couldn't be in the same room, that constantly fought, that always put us in the middle. Um, I just don't. I never wanted to put my kids through that. Mm-hmm. One thing I think that you and I managed, even though we hated each other, was to not put the kids in the middle and not to use right. them against each each other. We did that. I think we managed that pretty well. Yeah, we certainly never split up the kids. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't talk bad about each other. And if we did, then I didn't hear anything bad for about you or anything like that. So I don't think that I, either I of us talked bad about the other. I don't, the kids. I don't think I did. Um they adored both of us, and they enjoyed both of us, the times that we had with each other. So, um, And they're now excellent, really good students and all that kind of stuff. So as far as mm-hmm. our parenting skills, how it be parallel and co-parenting. Yeah, I think 
think we're lucky in, that in way. watching you go through your divorce as the third party in that whole thing, it was it, sometimes it's challenging even for me in, in your relationship with your ex. I you mean like because I can talk to him on the phone? Yeah, and I hate hearing his voice. I really do. <laughs> you really do. I like when you talked to him before we came here. I was just like, because he just—he's just a grating person, and I—I I just don't like him. But you know, I'm glad that you guys can you know work through things together and stuff like that. That's that's fantastic that you can do that. But he is just. Hmm. He's getting married again. Well, he's getting married again, but he's one of those people that it's <clears throat> just so fake. I just want to say that a little louder. We, our divorce was filed December 8th, and he's getting married <laughs> April 13th. <laughs> like, does this woman know? Like, does she really know? Mm-hmm. She doesn't. There's no way. There's no she way. She doesn't really know what Full she's months. getting herself into. Four months from divorce to get married again. That's got to be a record. Well, and this is his uh, fourth, fourth girlfriend? In- fourth girlfriend, yeah. Oh, fourth since girlfriend. separated. Yeah, in just yeah. over a year. Wow. Fourth girlfriend in just over a year and getting married a couple months after the divorce is final. I mean, yeah. four, if four is a couple, sure. But regardless, like, uh, you know, do is he my favorite person? Clearly not. Right. <laughs> but despite all of the reasons why I possibly could, I'm able to not hate him. For the sake of my kids. Yeah. Right. I mean, if we didn't have kids, it's not like I would be talking to him about... For sure. You know, what's going on with the neighbors. Um, No, exactly. I mean, when you have kids together, you are tied to that person for the rest of your life. You can say until your kids are 18, but that's not true. See, I think that's what grates on me about him is that that he, he doesn't necessarily talk about the kids. He talks about stupid crap like your neighbors that mm-hmm. he used to have and and he wants to give you food and things like that mm-hmm. and I just know that it's just so it's just it comes from a gross place someone's gonna hear that and think oh that's really sweet that he wants to give her food yep but you're yeah. a grown ass woman that doesn't need somebody to take care of her for and one you're thing. divorced yeah like he shouldn't be caring about what do you well whether you eat or not I, I'll just I'll just say this and I'll leave it at that so, so that I don't say too much but you know, when someone gives you something unsolicited, some people are really truly giving from the kindness of their heart, and other people are giving because they want something later in return. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it at that. And I think gotcha. we can leave that there. So, are we going to wrap up now? We're at. We, I think we can beat an hour this time if we wrap up now. Is, yeah, you've got. Where are we at? Rachel, you've got do you have anything you'd like to add? Five minutes to make it under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> to make it under an hour. Okay. Um, no, only the, you know, just to summarize, I guess, like co-parenting, parallel parenting, I think John and I are both proof that you can do both and have successful kids. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, co-parenting is both in our favors and both what we prefer to do, um, but it is possible to do both. And communication is the utmost importance with any commu- any relationship. You've got to keep the communication going. Yeah, because that's just, that's where our whole thing. That's fell where ours broke down. Well, and communication isn't isn't have. just like talking, but it's also saying the things that you're avoiding saying. It's it's mm-hmm. like being really honest, not because you're otherwise lying, but because you're omitting the truth. Sometimes even to yourself. 
Yeah. yeah. So you have to be able to be honest with yourself first to be able to be honest with the other person. It's hard. Yep. And it's about those confront, confronting conversations, those awkward ones that you don't want to have. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have to have them because if you don't have them, then everything breaks down. Oh, and yeah, we're proof of that, aren't we? <laughs> okay, so if if there's someone that's like in that space where you were, where everything is just kind of chaotic and you hate each other, but you've been doing it for so long, you've lost sight of why you actually hate each other anymore. Uh, yeah, I, like, I, I think at some point we just did just hate we each just, other because that just was hated our normal. Each other, yeah. like, how do you, what what's the advice then for those people? They're like, I don't really want to be this. I'm just going to use the word toxic. I, it's what comes to my mind first. But like, what do they do? You, you know what? Maybe just reach out, take the chance, say hey, because when she reached out to me, I wasn't expecting it. But it was welcome when she did. Mm. And maybe that is the key is, you know, it's been a long time. Maybe it's time to bury the hatch and just say, can we just at least not hate each other? Right. Can we at least we don't have to be, Yeah, we don't have to be friends. But right. maybe we can just, you know, it's been 10 years or whatever. Can, can we just try to get along? And I think that maybe that reaching out might just, might just be welcomed. Yeah. Because on that point, like, we did not get along for 10 years. Like, we were married for 10 years, getting along, obviously, and then didn't get along for 10 years. So that's as long time as the other. So it is possible to reconcile and stay and then get back to being really good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think and, so. Yeah. Now, is that going to work for everybody? No. Right. But it worked for us, and I would, I would say that it, it's worth giving it a shot. Even if it doesn't work, maybe that person will say, in another year or something, they'll say, you know, he or she reached out to me, and I, you know, maybe, maybe it is time. Mm-hmm. Eventually, maybe it can work. Because, well, yeah, because if Trash reached out today, would you forgive her? Absolutely not. There you go. No. <laughs> no. So not everybody's ready to right away. No. But not to say, you couldn't ever. Yeah, I know. That's a hard one. Sorry. I know, but I, and the thing is, I probably would have said the same about you a couple of years ago. So, you know, <laughs> let's let's not, you know, put the cart before the horse here. But, you know, I, I there's a whole lot of issues there, too, that, yeah. that would need to be fixed in order for us to ever be able to even look at each other again. Yeah, like she's the devil and I'm not. So, there yeah. you go. Two, two different situations. So. so what do you think is the third party and you can uh, finish this thing off here? The third party. I just, like, I I knew you when you hated her. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I remember you talking about, you know, your ex-wives and, like, the first one was psychotic and the second one was just a bitch. And <laughs> so to, he, like, to hear you, well, not even to just hear you, but, like, to be living life with you for the last year and a half... And to see how you two get along and communicate and, like, the impact that it has on the kids, too, I think. You know, I didn't, I wasn't, like, spending time with your kids before when you weren't getting along, so I didn't see what it was like for them then. But, I don't know, maybe I'm living vicariously, you know, through your kids, like, reparenting my my teenager who didn't get to experience her parents going out to dinner together with them for a birthday or having Christmas together in the same house. I just, I'm just like, this is great for my 15-year-old self. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You get to enjoy it through that. <laughs> All right. We can beat an hour. There you go. 
Are you sure? Yep, it's official. 